102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And you too in Rock 102. It's not going to be a bad day today. A mix of sun and clouds and a high of 40. Tonight, partly cloudy, low at 29. And for tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high of 45. It's 18 degrees right now. This very moment. It's very, very cold. Steve Weisman from Scamicide.com will be on the phone this today. There's all kinds of holiday scams, and we're going to get to the bottom of them with uh, with Steve just after 8 o'clock, I think. I think it's 8 o'clock. I'll check it. I'll let you know. That and Steve and a bunch of other stuff coming up this morning, too. It's 534 for Baxton O'Brien of Rock 102. 8 a.m. every Thursday, the Leah Auto Group is proud to present Scott Zolak from the Patriots broadcast booth as he brings It's 553. And Santana on Rock 102. Going to be partly cloudy today with a high of 40. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 44. It's 21 right now in downtown Springfield. Steve, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood yeah. trash? Or Steve yeah. and Nagel, Rock 102. The family of Astroworld's nine-year-old victim denied Travis Scott's offer to cover the funeral costs. It is uh, worth mentioning, though, in Travis's defense, that this offer would have would not have prevented them from suing him. The victim's family attorney said, quote, I have no doubt Mr. Scott feels remorse. He must face uh, and hopefully see that he bears some of the responsibility for this tragedy. There may be, and I hope there is, redemption and growth for him. So I think they're just trying to make a statement going, I, w- this kid, this guy needs to learn from his mistakes. No, I get you know? that. But also the concert organizers bear a lot of responsibility, too. Yeah, I think there's blame to go around for everybody. Except the kid that uh, got crushed. Well, right, but but uh, Travis Scott. I mean, well, I mean, he's incited these kinds of things before. That's uh, I don't know. Like I said, plenty of blame to go around uh, to all those people. Worst thing ever happened to me at a, at a concert was I got kicked out and then vomited on, and that's it. I saw a bunch of guys get into a fight at a Bon Jovi concert. Do we do we know what over? No. I have no. no idea. They were just beating the crap out of each other. Like in the, it was at the Meadows or right. whatever you call it now. Uh, it was it was down there, and it was in the main area, you know, on the grass. Sure. Right before you get to the seats. Right. And these kids were kicking the crap out of each other. And that's not right. And we just we just grabbed our stuff and left. I don't know what's worse though, getting beat up or getting vomited on. Yeah, getting vomited on is pretty disgusting. Unless you're at a Lady Gaga show, then it's art. No. Or Not unless art. you're getting, uh, you know, re- someone's relieving themselves on you. Like uh, that uh, that one show from oh. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, what was the name of the band? I keep was... forgetting the name of the band. Is I, I, I don't know if they're going to really break See, through commercially. See, no one, yeah, no one ever remembers the name of your band, but they remember exactly what you did. You're, right. you're from that band that nobody nobody heard of, uh, but we saw you uh, peeing on some dude. That was, that was gross. Yeah, but she really had to go. Uh, if you're... Uh, I was going on with the story. Perhaps one day, uh, once time allows some healing for the victims and acceptance of responsibility by Mr. Scott and others, Treston and Mr. Scott might meet, as there is also healing in that. Treston is the father of the boy who ah. had he had uh, the boy on his shoulders when the crowd uh, started surging. Uh, Will Farrell and his production manager, Adam McKay, have not spoken since 2019. And McKay says it's because he gave a role Will wanted to John C. Riley. Quote, it ended not well. Uh, which role was this? Was this uh, Step Brothers? Uh, no. No, this was uh, from 2019. Um, uh, 
The website Funny or Die, that's theirs. They also collaborated on the Anchorman movies, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, Daddy's Home, Get Hard, and The Campaign, plus Holmes and Watson and Land of the Lost. I mean, they can't all be gems, but they were still some of the funny movies. You know? No, well, listen, uh, you know, Will works very well with John C. Riley. McKay is doing a drama about the, the 1980s L.A. Lakers, and Will wanted to play owner Jerry Buss, but McKay gave the part to John C. Riley. Instead. Ah, uh, yeah, that's yeah, going to happen. He says, quote, I should have called Will and I didn't. And Riley did, of course, because Riley, he's a stand up guy. The last time they spoke was when they decided to end their partnership. Quote, uh, Will basically was like, have a good life. And I'm like, F, Farrell's never going to talk to me again. So it ended not well. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, but I, you know what? You know, sometimes these things uh, find a way of, of working out. They need each other. They do need each they other. They do. Mm-hmm. It's it's eventually they're going to realize, they're, throw aside their differences, hug, kiss, make up. Yeah, I can't. Be back making I mean, I can't so. imagine being in that sort of position, but, you know, what do I know? Uh, Bradley uh, Cooper said he was held at knife point in 2019 in a subway station in New York City. It wasn't at uh, sketch o'clock either. It was right before noon when he was on his way to pick up his daughter from Russian school. On Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast, he said, quote, It was pretty insane. I realized I had gotten away way too comfortable in the city. Oh, that he had gotten way, way too comfortable in the city, not away. Uh, Bradley said his guard was down and he was listening to music on his headphones. I felt somebody coming up. I thought, oh, they want to take a photo or something. As I turned, I'm up against the uh, post like it's the French Connection or something. And I turned, looked down, and I see a knife. He said he was surprised at how young the guy looked and instinctively took off for the station exit. That caused the attacker to flee, so Bradley took after him and managed to take a few photos to show police, but he never filed a report. I'm going to take these pictures to show the cops, but I'm not going to ever file a report. I'm just going to talk about it on Dax Shepard's podcast. Way to hold back on that one. Yeah. When George Clooney was lying on the ground after his motorcycle accident in 2018, he noticed people filming him. He says, quote, I'm a pretty positive guy, but that told me clearly that you are really just here for their entertainment. He didn't know that. Listen, if you had George Clooney down on the ground, okay, after an accident, don't you think you'd pull out your phone? Absolutely. That's the first thing I do. Hey, look, everybody. I'm with George Clooney. Can you call 911? No, I'm taking a video on my phone. I can't do that right now. Hey, George, I know you're in a a great deal of pain, but could you smile a little bit? Bring it a little closer, please. Yeah, now show me angry. Show me like you were Batman. <laughs> Do that Batman face. Uh, You're a pretty boy. Tiger Woods says his car accident in February ended his full-time golf career. Quote, I think that something I think something that is realistic is playing a, the, the tour one day, but pick and choose a few events a year, and you play around that. I don't think he's going to be going back to full-time golf. No, I don't think so. I mean, unless the full-time golf involves... Hitting a ball through a clown's nose or through a windmill. Uh, Some guy went crowd surfing at a guar show and lost his prosthetic leg. I guess if you're going to lose a prosthetic leg, a guar show would be the appropriate place to do so. I suppose, suppose, but don't you think if you were going to be passed around the crowd, you'd either want to take the the leg off and just hold it for dear life? Yeah. It's very expensive uh, things. He got it back after Beefcake the Mighty told the crowd, this guy needs his effing leg back, man. And they gave him the leg back. Wow, that's a hell of a show. Uh, Garth Brooks said uh, he, he'd he be lucky to sell out two shows on his stadium tour in Dublin, Ireland next year. Guess what? He he wound up selling up 
five shows sold really? out. Over 400,000 tickets. Apparently nothing's going on in Ireland lately for uh, entertainment, huh? I was going to say, uh, what are we, we're, we're packing 400,000 people <laughs> into a week's worth of shows? Apparently that's true. I guess it's okay there. Uh, and that is your Hollywood Trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. The Northampton Coca-Cola plant is hiring full-time positions, earning up to $24 per hour with overtime opportunities and excellent benefits. Coca-Cola of Northampton is currently hiring forklift drivers, machine operators, maintenance mechanics, QA technicians, electricians, wastewater operators, and boiler operators. Coca-Cola of Northampton is looking for great people to join the team in Northampton. Visit careers.coca-colacompany.com and search Northampton. This- I have no idea what this is, and yeah. you have no connection, and really no interest in. I get, I you know, I, we, we get that all the time. I am less inclined to give to a national organization as opposed to a commute, like a local community organization, right? Because I think the money stretches further when you donate it directly locally than you do, like you know, like the American Cancer Society. It, it, not just to say that the American Cancer Society doesn't do good things. They do do good things. But they also get a lot of government subsidies that a lot of other organizations that are smaller, yeah, uh, like locally, that don't get those uh, subsidies. Well, like, uh, for example, I mean, you've uh, you've uh, promoted Rick's Place quite a lot. Yeah, I have. And, you know, uh, and, and, I, 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 I believe very much in the mission of Rick's Place. Yeah. It's helped my family. It's helped many other families. And I'll continue to uh, to to be a cheerleader for that organization. I think a place like that is definitely worthy of uh, a donation because, I, I, and I'm on the board of that that uh, particular charity too. Right. So uh, we don't get like the millions of dollars that you know, like these American cancer societies no. or, you're, or you're operating on a much you know smaller, more restricted budget. Exactly. Kind of so, like kind of like the Open Pantry does. Right. Now there's obviously like the Western Mass Food Bank. You know, they just got a a buttload of money from a guy that went for a walk. But for the most part, you know, uh, you know, the Open Pantry is a much smaller organization. They do very different things than the food bank does. And so that's why you know, I feel like uh, you know pretty passionate about what they do. And that's what I mean. These are small local organizations that are worthy of doing it. Uh, Christina's House is another example. Even the smaller, like even the Ronald McDonald House, even though that's a national organization, most of the money that you donate stays here to the to the house here right. that 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 is run here. So, th- I mean, those are worthy uh, of being. Donated to you know if you uh, not to to tie one guest to uh, another conversation, mm-hmm. but if you go on uh, Steve Weissman's website, yeah, scamaside dot com, it's amazing how many charitable scams there are. Oh yeah, of of people who will take advantage of your generosity and your your emotional connection to a cause, and then divert that money to something that has nothing to do with any of it. Well, it, it's 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 it, to me it's like one of the most shameless scams there is. You're donating money under the auspices of helping people when in fact you're helping nobody but the person that just scammed you. It's a good topic to bring up later about this uh, charity yeah. scams and we'll be talking to Steve after 8 o'clock this morning uh, all about that. 8 o'clock, right? 8 o'clock. Yeah, after 8. Uh, because I want to ask him about those. Do you ever get those calls and they're like, hi, uh, and, and you can, it's clearly a recording. But it, he's calling like from the. 
and it's one of those heartstring tugger uh, organizations. Oh, this is for uh, wounded sheriff's deputies. Yeah, you know, or you something the, like that. You can hear the Sarah McLaughlin in the background. Right, but you can. But the guy was like, "Hello, I'm Robert from uh, <laughs> Wounded uh, Sheriff's Deputies. Uh, would you like to make a donation? You know, and then it's obviously a, a, a an AI kind of thing. Right. Uh, but it's like, do those those things must work? They have to work. If if they're if somebody keeps doing that, <laughs> then they're clearly successful you know, in in collecting money and scamming people out of money. I, I should ask Steve about this. I actually got a, a spam call the other day, where it was you know very clearly you know like recorded. Right. But the beginning of the phone call was the person on the other line pretending to fumble with their phone. Yes. Yeah. They're like, like oh, I'm sorry, I. I dropped my phone. Yeah, and if, I, if you, <laughs> and it was very, you know, very clearly fake because it, was, it takes you three minutes to, for someone to say hello. Very bad acting. Terrible acting. But uh, so bad acting. But you get the. There's another one. If you if you say to them, "Are you a are you a computer?" and they'll go, ah, ha, ha, uh, "Oh, I sound like I'm recorded, but I'm not." You know. It's so realistic. It is. It is pretty cool. Yeah, but, so we'll, uh, we'll talk to Steve Weissman about uh, about charity scams because well, man, they are out there. Listen, today is Giving Tuesday. You want to give to something? You write a check to me again, Steve Nagel, Forty Five Fisher Avenue, East Longmeadow, Massachusetts. Now, won't you help a guy like Steve? How am I supposed to buy uh, donuts and coffee? I don't know. I haven't seen you buy donuts and coffee in a long time. That's right, because usually people drop them off for us. It's 623 with Bax and Steve Nagel on Rock 102. Charlie Epstein here, and I've had it. It's just about 627 with Bax and O'Brien and Steve Nagel on Rock 102. Partly cloudy today with a high of 40. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 44. It's 20 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, like we said, Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com coming up after 8 o'clock and some other stuff, too. Like? Uh, well, I got, I, I got a, a weird situation going on on, uh, on Friday. Uh, we, should, we should probably talk about it at some point. This is about your uh, your knee again? No, actually, it's it's not. It's Ooh. a it's about an event I'm going to, and Ooh. I've never gone to an event quite like this Ooh. in someone's home that I have never met. Really? Yeah, it's weird. I'll, I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. Ooh, interesting. Like, eh, I don't know if it's interesting. It's just uh, it's just uh, I've never done this before. So yeah. we'll, we'll get we'll get to the bottom of that maybe a little bit later on. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Uh, let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Joke of the day brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Get three years comment remains at Gary Rome Hyundai, Whiting Farms Road in Holyoke, and that's no joke. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's Classic Rock. Well, I just got my uh, my first Christmas card in the mail. You did? It was full of rice. Rice. That's when I knew it was from Uncle Ben. Ah, Uncle get Ben, because he's rice, because he's got the rice, and he's sending it in the mail. Hey, they can't all be gems. Ooh, what are you talking about? That's hilarious. Oh man! Booyah! Bax and O'Brien on NewRoof.net today. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Workers at the mail processing center in Indian Orchard weren't just dealing with a high volume of packages. They were also dealing with a pipe break inside the facility yesterday morning. U.S. Uh, Postal Service spokesman Steve Doherty uh, said damage was limited to an area of Fiber Lloyd Street of the Fiber Lloyd Street facility 
where recycling material is handled, and there was no damage to packages or mail being processed there. Thank God. You like mail packages, don't you? I do like mail packages. Yeah. Doherty said the facility is operational at this time. Uh, they also uh, talked about the the plumbers uh, arguing with Doherty, and uh, and the plumber says, uh, "Well, I I fight a Doherty, and a Doherty always wins." You see what I did? <laughs> I did a John Mellencamp That's uh, unbelievable. Booyah! Yeah, see? That was better than the other joke we just told five minutes ago. Well, why didn't you tell that one? Uh, I, I wasn't prepared. Wait, are you making up your own material all of a sudden? I am. This is my new bit. Man. Yeah. I don't think you did bits. I thought you were more like a prop comic. Well, it's true. Where's my water gun? Now I can't go on without my water gun. The uh, homicide unit is investigating after a woman was found shot inside of a car on East Alvord Street in Springfield Sunday. According to the department uh, spokesperson Ryan Walsh, at around 3.30 a.m., officers were called to West Alvord Street for a shot spotter activation. An adult man who was shot was taken to Bay State Medical Center with serious injuries. Additional uh, officers found a car that crashed into a parked car on East Alvord Street, and inside was an adult woman in the driver's seat that died from her gunshot injuries. And that's all we know about that incident. Hmm. That's kind of weird. That is uh, kind of weird. Uh, state police have announced an upcoming sobriety checkpoint from Saturday, December 4th, into Sunday, December 5th in Hamden County. And oh, where exactly will that be? The illegal search and seizure checkpoint you're talking about? Um, They, of course, don't tell you where it's going to be, right? No, but it's like one of four places it could be. You got uh, East Columbus Avenue. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Page Boulevard. Page Boulevard. Uh, in Westfield, they used to do it on Route 20, but then they started doing it on uh, Route 20 near the Walmart, and then they started. Then they were doing it like on the hill by the Whip City Brew Pub. Oh yeah, but Up that's that uh, yeah, both those. Both. I mean, yeah. I mean, no matter where you do it on these yeah. busy intersections, these, these busy streets, you're stro- slowing down traffic. And then they do it up by the dinosaur footprints in Holyoke. Oh yeah, I uh, I uh, I got involved in one at, on Page Boulevard a while back, uh-huh. and uh, and I had only had two drinks. Yeah, so I felt like, ooh man, I dodged that bullet because I could very, they could have smelled it on me. You know, if they really got really close. Are we talking too close? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but you wasn't that early in the night that you did that. Yeah, it was. It was really early. Yeah, they're waiting. They're waiting for the midnight guy. Yeah, I know. The but midnight still, rider to come by. Yeah, but they were still setting up. You know, they yeah. were still putting the cones out, and you know, they thought they'd uh, they'd take an early swing. Uh, there was a story on uh, on Mass Live this morning about a uh, a police saw a YouTube video that appears to show a Mass State Police trooper sleeping in a cruiser has prompted an internal investigation. Officials confirmed to Mass Live. The video, which is titled, My Friend Nick Catches a Mass State Trooper Sleeping on the Job, was uploaded to YouTube by user Sean Church on November 21st. The 23-second video shows a person, a perspective of a man walking up to a state police cruiser that is pulled over on the side of the road in what appears to be the I-290 area, not far from I-495. Inside the cruiser, a trooper appears to be slouched over to the right, sleeping on the center console. The man recording the video then bangs on the cruiser's window and startles the trooper who sits upright and lowers the passenger window. Bro, I see you sleeping here every morning, Kay, the man says to the trooper. Going on Facebook Live, every morning I drive by. You're effing sleeping. I can't even see you in the front seat. And then the trooper appears to turn his head to the left. The video abruptly ends without the trooper responding to the man filming. State Police spokesman David Procopio said the department has opened an investigation as a result of that video. 
We are aware of the video, which appears to show the conduct that is clearly unsatisfactory, and we have opened an internal affairs investigation, Procopio commented in the statement to Mass Live. Now, um, it's it's my impression, and again, I'm not uh, an expert in law enforcement by any means, uh-huh. but I would imagine that uh, a full shift of being a state police officer is exhausting. You know, I uh, I know you're trying to be funny. No. But what? No, I'm not. I mean, you know, at some point. It if- is exhausting. And that's the thing, that you're... you're- then if you're being truthful, Bex, you're on to something. I'm on to something yeah. here. I mean, you know, listen, if you're a cop, let's just say you're in a small-town police officer. You know there's not crime going on all day long, not like there is, like, in Boston or New York or any of the major cities. And if you're a state police officer, there are some nights where everybody's speeding or nobody is speeding. And mm-hmm. uh, there's, like, nothing to do but just sit there in a cruiser waiting for stuff to happen. I'd well, fall asleep too. It's not even waiting for stuff to happen. It, you you got to remember that uh, these men and women who do that job get forced to stay yeah. at work. Like you, like let's say you, uh, oh, let's say, hey, it's uh, Christmas Eve. Let's say your shift is three to eleven, right? Right. Well, all of a sudden at ten forty-five, you find out that uh, somebody else isn't coming in because. Uh, Maybe they've had a little too much eggnog, if right. you know what I'm sure. saying, and right. uh, they can't come to work. So now what? Now the guy who's already there is forced to stay there. So the plans that you had to go home for your Christmas dinner or your Christmas uh, present opening uh, ain't going to happen Listen. because now you got to be forced to work. And, you know, you, you talk to some of these guys, and they're like, yeah, I just finished an 80-hour work week. Yeah. That's a lot. And That's I, just and too much to be asking for somebody. Of course, I submitted for 200 hours of uh, overtime, okay, and uh, nine, know at least 19 of those hours were for my no-show job. Well, I had to afford a pillow in order to take a nap on the side of the highway. <laughs> uh, how am I going to do that? Uh, but uh, honestly, you know, the kid taking this video probably has no idea what it's like to be in a job like that. First of all, there's not that many cops anymore anyway. It's true. You know, there's they're struggling to find people to work. So, of course, now you have more workload on less people. Well, you can forget all about this Francis Ford Coppola taking film footage of uh, cops telling the sleeping on the job. He won't be a, a, a cop anytime soon. Well, I'm, you know, the more I think about this guy who got caught sleeping, uh, you got to park your cruiser a little bit <laughs> Better. A little more discreet. Yeah, a little more discreet. You don't want to put a dummy head in the window uh, with a little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, if you just put a dildo in the passenger seat, it looks like there's two of you in there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you see what I did there? Oh, look at we do. Here we are taking something partially serious and then turning it right around. And by to the way, comedy I, gold. I don't drive a black pickup truck and will not be driving home on 91 this morning. <laughs> The uh, man who was uh, fatally shot by police Sunday morning in Seekonk was identified as 47-year-old Jeffrey Groh of New Hampshire, according to the Bristol District Attorney's Office. Groh has also uh, ties to Boston. Uh, the Massig Medical Examiner's Office says Groh was shot three times with unshot being fatal. This investigation into the incident remains ongoing at this time, according to authorities. Two years ago, Groh escaped from the Concord, New Hampshire State Prison. He was serving time in the minimum security prison for armed robbery. Say, um, just out of curiosity, say where in Seekonk? No. Uh, they did say it yesterday, but I've been to Seekonk 
I grew up in the next town over. I went. I I stayed in the Seekonk Motor Lodge. Ooh, do you know where no, that is? Oh, I do. Yeah, that is some very sophisticated uh, accommodations. Now that was about almost twenty years ago. Staying there, and uh, they had. Uh, well, first of all, it was a it was a girl I was dating at the time, and we wanted to go to Newport. We went to Newport, right? right? And uh, we clearly couldn't afford to stay anywhere in Newport at the time. Sure. So we picked the closest, cheapest place, which was the Seekonk Motor Lodge. Still quite a drive. Sixty nine ninety five for the night, right? Did it come with or without the dead hooker in the bathtub? No, it didn't come with. Uh, well, first of all, it had one towel, right? <laughs> and then well, the, that costs extra. And then the phone was missing all the numbers, so you couldn't dial anything. Like if you had to call 911 because the hooker died. Well, I went down to the front desk and I said, excuse me, can I have some more towels? And she said, why didn't you just call? And I said, because the phone is missing all the numbers. Oh, you got that room. Like she knew. Right. Like, why didn't you replace the phone? Or why didn't you just take the phone out? Why didn't you tell me that there was no phone available? (laughs) I would, you know, if, if you you couldn't really call it a flea bag motel because that would actually be an insult to yeah. actual flea bags. Yeah, this and they also had uh, the the bath mat was yes. was just a paper placemat. It was a paper placemat with like a a picture of a of like a swampy area with mm-hmm. a pelican flying over it that says thank you. <laughs> I was like, this isn't going to suck up any water off the floor once I get out of the shower. It wasn't a classy place. But uh, Seekonk, definitely not a classy town. What are you talking about? It's got everything. It's got everything. You've got everything in Seekonk. Well, Walmart. Home Depot. Home Depot. Chipotle. You've got a a Longhorn Steakhouse. You've got everything over there. Uh, uh, Orange Julius. You might have an Orange Julius there, too. Um... A there's the photo Seacon- mat booth. There's the Seekonk Motor Speedway. Yeah. That's a nice place. That's a classy, sophisticated place to go on a the, Friday night. The Seekonk Motor Speedway? Yes. I had no idea there was a speedway out there. There's Absolutely. In fact, you can hear uh, the cars racing the next town over. Could hear it at night uh, when I was a kid. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. I need to take a ride out to Seekonk more often. <laughs> there's a lot going on over there. You want to go for a day trip, a road trip? No, no. Come on, I've already seen it. You know, you're not, take me to a place, Steve, that I've never been. That sounds like a place. That, that sounds like an idea loaded with adventure. Okay, take me to Seekonk, which I've been a hundreds of times, thousands of times. You're not going to surprise me with anything. But have you been in the Seekonk Motor Lodge? I have driven past the ah, Seekonk see, Motor Lodge. See, you got to go in it. That's part of the adventure. I think most people who have driven past it. Never want to be in the position to be in it. Police in uh, Birmingham, England, raided a drug dealer's apartment last week. It turned out he had over 40 pounds of weed in his place, along with two dozen pot plants. That's suspicious. Yeah, but they don't say pounds. What do they say? They say stone. Uh, stone. Right. Uh, along with uh, two dozen pot plants. And when he realized the police were at his door, he panicked. He decided to open a window on the second floor and just started throwing huge handfuls of pot out the window. But if anything, he helped them find it because a bunch of cops were outside watching the whole thing unfold. (laughs) Someone across the street also got it on video. He kept dropping more and more weed onto an awning under his window. Then it would roll off and land on the sidewalk right where the cops were standing. 
By the end, there was a bunch of weed piled up under his window and even more scattered on the sidewalk, so they just swept it up with a dustpan and put it in a bag. They also found a bunch of hash oil in his place, along with $8,000 in cash and several weapons, including a crossbow. These all sound like clues to me. Yes, that he might be a dangerous individual. No word on any charges yet. So I, I assume that uh, marijuana is not legal in uh, England? Probably not that much. Yeah. I don't know what the uh, what the laws surrounding cannabis are in the United Kingdom, but I would imagine 40 pounds of it is probably still illegal like it would be here. Maybe. Unless, unless you had like a certain number of adults growing their own plants inside the house. Yeah. You know, if you had like uh, four adults living there, don't you get each get six plants? I think you do. Well, there you go. That's, that could yield a lot of, a lot of weed. That's a lot. That is a lot of weed. You're damn right. Yeah. Well, probably uh, 12 ounces. Oh, I think it's we more than that. two ounces of plant. I think it's a hell of a lot plant. more than that. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be uh, partly cloudy with a high of 40. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 44. It is 20 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Rock 102's Pro Picks Pool is underway. Back at 651. And Led Zepp on Rock 102. Partly cloudy today with a high of 40. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 44. It's 20 right now in downtown Springfield. Um, if you uh, ever miss a Baxton O'Brien show with Steve Nagel, you can uh, always go to BaxtonO'Brien.com and download the daily podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Wherever you're going to find podcasts, you will likely find the Baxton O'Brien podcast there as well. And also Baxi's musical podcast this week. Uh, it's a repost of my interview with Andy Partridge from the band XTC. It's a very interesting interview. It's actually one of my better ones, and it's available now. Coming up uh, next week, I, uh, I am really looking forward to uh, to posting uh, the next one. It's a really, really good one for next week. What does it involve? Uh, it would involve the band Dire Straits. Ah, yeah. Dire Straits. Real good one. So, we uh, never play them either, so it's going to be weird to hear an interview. <laughs> <from> <laughs> we dire actually Straits. play them quite often because they're um, one of the biggest selling bands of all time. So, uh, yeah. But I want to uh, tell you a story after 7 o'clock that, that, that involves the podcast a little bit, and a, a situation has developed, Ooh. which is kind of a weird... A situation? Well, it's, it's, it's not a bad situation. It's a good situation, but I've never done anything like this before. So mm. I'll tell you more about that after 7 o'clock. Uh, it only hurts the first few times, Max. It's, no, it's uh, nothing like that at all, Steve. You sure? Yes, I, I'm positive. That's what I was told my first time. Well, I'm sure it was, but it's not uh, the situation as we he are had, he talking had, about here. He had calluses on his hands. All right. You know, uh, honestly. Uh, <laughs> anyway, hey, uh... <laughs> I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, uh, fundraisers. Did you ever? Did your kids ever do fundraisers in school? Sure, like they having did. to sell stuff. Oh yeah. Like, uh, do you remember any of the things that they sold? Uh let's see. I remember uh, gift wrap. That was one. Gift wrapped is good. I remember uh, cookie dough. Cookie dough. That was a, that was another one. I'm trying to remember a few of the others, yeah. but to gift. Oh, Yankee Candles yeah, yeah. was something See, they were doing for a while, too. I'm not a fan of these fundraiser things at all. Because, first of all, uh, you got to have... It's not like when we were kids, you could go door to door. 
you know, you'd be going door to door through the neighborhood and uh, selling uh, whatever it is that you had to sell. Yeah, yeah, but in this day and age, the only kind of door to door sales that actually yield any results are solar panels, and I think we're yeah. all aware of that. I mean, I remember uh, my sister selling Girl Scout cookies. Right, uh, that was the thing. There was yep. uh, there was. A, I don't know. I, I I think I sold a couple of different items along the way, but it, what a what a pain in the ass that was. You to, know, to go and collect the money, you collect the product from school. You're basically then, it's a it's a guilt ridden shakedown of everybody in your neighborhood and everybody you know. And I don't have a problem if you're going to do like one or two during a school year. Yeah, but when you're up to like seven, eight, or nine in a school year. That's too much. Well, the problem is there's a lack of funding everywhere, right? For for school, for extracurricular activities, or even even the classes, even the the, the listen, the PTAs work really hard. I I will uh, give them credit where credit is due. The you know it's easy to fall into that trap going, oh yeah, we'll take your product and we'll have your kid your bit your kids are basically being used for a pyramid scheme <laughs> is what it is because. <laughs> Oh hey, uh, Uncle Bob, can you can you buy a tin of popcorn from me or yeah. something like that? I was and, it's, a- it's, and again, it's not the fault of the school; it's the fault of the the people who make it seem like it's really easy to make this money. My kids are getting so good at it; they were this close to selling Amway soap. Ooh, Amway soap! Yeah, that's good stuff. That's a great pyramid scheme. I uh, I wound up uh, I wound up my my daughter had this thing for the band fundraiser. Which was the popcorn selling the popcorn? Oh, and the big tin. Yeah, listen, with all the crap that we went through this last month, you know, running back and forth, the funerals and wakes and everything else that we've uh, we've plus dealt the, with, plus the guinea pig, plus the guinea pig. I didn't, I don't, ha- I didn't have it in me. I, I was like, I, I don't like. Yeah, you could sit here and call your family, or you, or you could walk around at Ma, uh, grandma's funeral and uh, ask all your cousins and uncles <laughs> if they want to buy some popcorn from you. <laughs> right, right there at the wake, uh, we'll set up a table for you to sell these tins of popcorn. So my solution was, I gave my daughter $30 and I said bring this in and say donate this directly to the fundraiser uh, that we're doing because by the time you would have sold the amount of popcorn that you probably would have sold it probably would have equaled about $30 profit for the club anyway. Just out of curiosity what were they uh, selling the tins of popcorn for? It was for the band. It was. It was no, 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 no. The, How much was it? Like, if you're buying, like, if this is like the big tin of popcorn yeah. with this like regular popcorn, cheese popcorn, and yeah. the and the the, the caramel so, corn. I don't know. I you don't know. Even, I didn't even look at the catalog. I didn't. I, I I had no interest. I have no interest in doing this. Uh, being a salesperson for somebody else. No, and I besides, know. and you know what? This was what happens here. You know, the the lady that used to work here w- would come in with the Girl Scout cookies, and we'd all buy the box of Girl Scout cookies. But I don't want to put that burden on my coworkers going, here, could you buy something so my kid can keep playing in the band, man? But, you know, like, at least with the Girl Scout cookies, there's something in it for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you got the, you know, when you got like nine, you know, bags of gift wrap. Yeah. Yeah, for the kid in the band. Yeah, what am I going to do with that cheap gift wrap? But at least with the uh, at least with the cookies, you're getting something that you'll enjoy. Whatever happened to the uh, the good old-fashioned fundraiser? You know? We'd have a bake sale or a a bazaar. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Where uh, the money goes uh, is better used instead of ha- having it handled through some company that's shilling their product. That takes something off the top, too. Yeah. Oh, I, don't forget that. Uh, 
there's better ways to do fundraisers. Yeah, I know. And now I'm going to have to get involved now with the PTA. Ah, oh, Because that's the, that's the last thing I wanted to do. You don't need that. Now i got to come up with ideas. you got to be involved in your kids' education all uh, of a sudden? Not just kids' education, uh, but their extracurricular activities. You know what? You're going to be the one who's been, who'll be selling all that stuff, not the kids. That's exactly what I'm saying, man. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to be the guy going around going, hey, Max, can you can you buy this thing, a tub of popcorn for, for me? Right. You know when my when my kids used to swim, uh, you know they get they go to these uh, these swim meets and part of the fundraiser was yeah. they would set this huge table up of of concessions. Yeah. So like uh, you know every kid would get like uh, like the poolside platter of nachos or you yeah. know candy or you know, soda whatever it would be. And then one one uh, one day this woman shows up with a cart full of Girl Scout cookies, uh-huh. which doesn't go to the the swim clubs involved right. in the meet. It just goes to the Girl Scout. She's trying to sell all these Girl Scout cookies. Like she's got this 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 wheeled cart of uh, of cookies. Was she allowed to be doing that? She was asked to leave. She well, was saying, yeah, "You because- get out of here with your dosy does and your thin mints. You're not. Uh, you know, we're trying to make money for the for the swim yeah, club. It's just like the kids who sit outside the grocery stores. That's all set up. You can't just you can't just take a table and go set up outside of a Stop and Shop or a big one. No, you have you to gotta, get permission. You got to ask. Yeah, and it's there's so many people asking. That they they have schedules for that stuff. This woman wasn't even asking. She just barged in there with her cart full of uh, of dosy doughs and uh, Samoas, thinking yeah. she was going to make a fortune. Hey, take your dosy doughs and get the hell out of here. This is swim club only. Listen, the I'm first he- rule about swim club: we don't talk about swim club, and we don't buy Girl Scout cookies at swim club. Yeah, that's the first thing we don't do. Now take your brownies and get the hell out of here. Get out of here while I'm finishing up my plate of stale nachos. It's uh, six fifty nine. <laughs> Rock one hundred two. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember many years ago when Tiger Woods was one of the most exciting professional athletes in the world? So much so, he was able to make the game of golf seem almost interesting? Well, I sure do. Unfortunately, between the car accidents, the countless surgeries, the endless distractions, such as having sex with... Hundreds of beautiful women all over the world repeatedly, the demanding endorsement deals, the millions of dollars, and all that speculation. Tiger Woods has now confirmed what we already kind of knew, and that is this. When it comes to resuming his career and becoming the greatest golfer in the world all over again, you can just forget it. Yesterday, in an interview with Golf Digest, Tiger Woods revealed that his days as a full-time golfer are over, and if anything, he may only play golf on a part-time basis. This, of course, is his first extensive interview since shattering his right leg and foot in a car accident back in February 23rd. You might recall that Tiger was found passed out behind the wheel of his SUV after rolling it over and smashing it into a tree while all hopped up on pills. The fact that he's even talking about playing golf at all that doesn't even involve a windmill or putting a ball through a clown's mouth represents a remarkable recovery all by itself. But at 45 years old, coming back and competing against all these kids with a bum leg, that just ain't gonna happen. Now, the good news is he's still a relatively young man, and he still has a net worth of $800 million. Frankly, when you got that, who needs golf? Look at me. I haven't touched my golf clubs in almost seven years, and hardly anybody questions why. Listen, Tiger Woods was one of the greatest golfers the world has ever seen. But at some point, the years, the pills, the money, the pressure, the line of available women that runs around the greens and tee boxes... 
This is just not a sustainable lifestyle. Certainly wouldn't be for me. Thankfully, I have my own problems to deal with. But for Tiger Woods, perhaps stepping away from it all on a full-time basis and all that full-time dedication is the right thing to do. Certainly would have worked for me. I just think it might work for him, too. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Have a pro sharpen your chainsaw. See Allen at the Westfield Rockies. Allen is a steel train chainsaw expert. If you need service or repairs, that's your guy. Good people, rock solid service, just like you'll find with Allen and Westfield at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Boy, on Rock 102. Going to be uh, partly cloudy today with a high of 40. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 44. It's 20 right now in downtown Springfield. So uh, Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com will be joining us to next hour. We'll uh-huh. talk about uh, holiday scams and how you can uh, screw people out of their money. I love that idea. As you know, uh, with the pandemic and, and uh, quarantines, uh, the... The concert industry took a real bath over the last two years. What are you talking about? Everybody was going to concerts left and right, uh, well, uh, standing uh, six inches apart. And <laughs> well, they, people lost their people it. lost their shirts because uh, you know they were there were there were shows planned, they were canceled. There's been tours planned, they've been postponed and moved around, mm-hmm. and even uh, even tours that are scheduled for next year in 2022. A lot of people aren't exactly sure that that's going to happen with new variants popping up left and right. So um, the reason I'm bringing this up is last October on uh, on the on Backseat's musical podcast, I, I interviewed this guy named Thomas Walsh. Okay, this is in, in October, uh, mid October. I talked to Thomas. All right, Thomas is a uh, is a songwriter that uh, guys like you know Ray Davies of the Kinks. And uh, you know, Jeff Lynn from ELO and even Paul McCartney and even Brian Wilson say this is one of the best songwriters alive today. Guy's phenomenal. And uh, he's from Ireland. And uh, he and I talked for about an hour in this, uh, in this interview. It was a very good interview. You can check that out. But that's not the point uh, I'm trying to make. He belonged to a band called Pugwash, which not a lot oh, of people I know. I know in Pugwash. this. Sure you did. Not a lot of people in this country know, but it's. The music is excellent, and a lot of it's available on Spotify. But he has not played in the United States since 2016, so it's been, what, now five years since he's been in this country performing. So he's he's in the country now, and he's doing a whole bunch of, of smaller shows, some of which are house parties. So he's going to people's houses that, you know, it's all been arranged with the with these homeowners who have said, uh-huh. yeah, we'd love to have Thomas Walsh here, and he'll he'll play for you know, like two hours in your living room, and uh, and and that's and that's the show. Now, when I talk to him, uh, w- what I discovered is one of these shows happens to be in Westport, Mass. Where is that? Well, it's near like Fall River and ah. New Bedford and uh, Dartmouth and you know that area of the state. That so, I'm thinking, well, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to go see the guy, but it's at somebody's house. Right. So, uh, you know, I was not on the initial invitation list, and the guy said, well, let me see if I can uh, if I can talk to the homeowner, and I'll see if I can get you and your wife uh, in. So I get an invitation from the homeowner. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I think about it for a little bit and say, you know, do I really want to crash you know this party. I mean, I don't know any of these people. Yes, and, yes, you do. And by the uh, <laughs> by the invitation list, I don't know anybody else who's been invited other than a Zoom call that I had with Thomas Walsh 
his girlfriend, who is a uh, a Facebook friend now, and that's it. I don't know anybody. His girlfriend is your Facebook friend? Well, I mean, I, he and I have been Facebook friends for a, a good long time. Yeah. I've been following him for for a few years. Uh-huh. And his girlfriend lives in this country, uh, you know, in, in California. Legally? Legally. Uh-huh. Uh, she is from out of town also, uh-huh. but she's here legally. And, uh, and so I decide that I'm going to go. You should go. I'm going. You absolutely should go because you never know who's going to be there. Well, I, I've seen the list of people who are going to be there. There's yeah. only like, a, like an invite list of like 20 people. 20 invitations went right, out. Right, but there might be somebody famous on there that's yeah, not on the list. I don't know about that. What if uh, like uh, uh, Richard Grieco shows up? Well, you know, that would be terrific because oh. I was always a big fan of 21 Jump Street or, when he was uh, on. Or uh, Buddy Ames, what you know? I mean, uh, Buddy Ames or Buddy Ebsen? No, Buddy Ames. Which one's Buddy Ames? Oh no, his name was Buddy on the show. What was his uh, Willie Ames? Oh, wi- oh, oh his wi- name was Buddy on Charles. Oh, well, Willie, Char- a- Willie Ames would be terrific. Also, mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't remember Eight is Enough or Charles in Charge? That's right. What about Joey Fatone? I I, w- I would love that. Who yeah. wouldn't like uh, spending time with Joey Fatone? Anyway, my point is uh, is this. What about Tone Loke? I would spend time with Tone Loke, too. I got no... I'm going to watch out for that funky cold Medina, though. Uh, I wouldn't mind sharing a, a, a bag or two of uh, funky cold Medina with a guy. My point is this. If you had the chance to have strangers in your house, yeah. would you throw a party like this? Would you, th- would you host a bunch of strangers... In your house, people that you have never met in your life. Probably not. I would never do this. It depends on what it was, though. Like, clearly, anybody coming to want to see this guy, it's it's one of these, uh, you have to have a high interest in this person in order to want to go to this party. Sure. So, uh, if you're into it as much as everybody else is, then, yeah, I guess I could see, you know, if if some rock star wanted to come over and play a concert in my backyard, I'd totally do it. Well, see, that's you know, the like thing. A, like a it's... small concert. You got 50 people. You got 50 people and uh, Brett Michael shows up and uh, starts performing in my backyard. Well, I mean, okay, so imagine, imagine you have the chance to have Brett Michaels in your house. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he's bringing all the things that, that Brett Michaels brings. His, uh, his bandana around his hat, his head, yeah. uh, the cowboy hat to, to, uh, dis- to prevent everybody from focusing on the fact that he's bald. Uh, you know, his, uh, his, probably his insulin pump, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of a big bag of pills, you know, whatever, whatever he brings uh, to the table. Do you want that in your house? What about uh, now, now? Yeah, I do want that in my house, and I would only let—I wouldn't let even let him use the upstairs bathroom though, because that's that's my bathroom. Oh yeah, no, you gotta you gotta you gotta uh, have rules. Uh, but okay, so besides the fact of like, would you do something like this? Would you have somebody in your home and people that you didn't know? That's one thing. What are you gonna bring? Because now you're a house guest. Do you bring something? Well, see, this is the this is the thing. Um, we're we're told that 
it, it, I, I don't know if this is like a potluck type of thing. That's I mean, what I mean. Are you gonna? Uh, what about you? Are you gonna bring the green bean casserole? I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna reach out to this woman and ask you: Is there anything I can bring? Uh, three bean salad, uh, green bean casserole. Uh, that thing with the, uh, the thing with the, with the carrots and the raisins in it. No, don't bring that. I know. That's, you want to be invited an, back an, again? That's you don't an act of aggression right there. Or an ambrosia salad. Don't yeah, what do, do that either. Yeah, what do you bring to a rock star house party? Uh, Other than like you know rails of coke and uh, uh, and Veltrex, Big Y has a, an array of uh, delicious desserts you can just grab and go with and take with you to the party. You we, know what I've always do, felt. We, 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 buy, we buy the cookies all the time and bring those somewhere. You know what I always felt uh, worked out pretty good. What a cheese board. Who don't love cheese? Char- Except for the lactose intolerant. Charcuterie. A charcuterie would be good too. Is it charcuterie or charcuterie? I've heard it pronounced both ways. I had an argument about this yesterday. You're actually having arguments about uh, exotic meats and cheeses? Well, my girlfriend makes a very lovely charcuterie board. Really? Like, she knows how to do it. What'd she, what she slap on it? It was, uh, like, salami and pepperoni. There was all different kinds of meats. And then there was uh, the little balls of mozzarella. Oh, the little yeah. Balls, and then it was uh, cubes of cheese. Oh, yeah. And then there was uh, there was these delicious crackers. Like, these, like, hard, like... Uh, I call them pirate crackers. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like they're they're really hard. Yeah, right. And he, and he can dip them. And then she had the she had the cream cheese with the with the jalapeno je- pepper jelly over oh, the top. Oh yeah, that stuff is good. That's good stuff. But uh, she says charcuterie. I say charcuterie. I don't think either one of you are wrong. I think it could go either way. Kind of like the way someone would say often, and some people would say often. Thanks for backing me up on the man thing. No problem, Steve. You need to say, Steve, you're right. You're absolutely right. You always will be right. Yeah, that's it, Steve. It doesn't doesn't matter. Be a man about it. Sack sack up here. Charcuterie. Yeah, it's a charcuterie, lady. Yeah, so I think you should bring a charcuterie board to this party. I don't think it's a bad idea. I think everyone's bringing desserts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Thomas Walsh is like... uh, a big guy, like a really big guy. Okay, and, so then that's where you step in and go, you know what? I figured everybody was going to bring uh, some ding-dongs. Right, and I and, thought, uh, you know, you know, without the threat of diabetes, uh, here's a delicious yeah. charcuterie filled with exotic meats and cheeses. Let the ding-dong bring you something different. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I I, I don't know. The whole, the whole idea of having people in my house that I don't know is now creeping me out even more than I think about it. Well, see, this is the thing. I mean, I, 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 and, you know, here I am in almost inviting myself to a house full of strangers mm-hmm. I do not know. And the only yeah. one I know is a guy who I've talked to for an hour on Zoom. Did you ever have somebody come over your house and then uh, they bring somebody with them that you don't know? Yes. And it's like a little awkward. And then you're like, you're keeping an eye on that character. Years ago, my that's how, pa- that's how Barry Krieger came into my life. I watch him like a hawk. Yeah, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. I'm missing ladles in my house. I'm pretty sure that he's taking ladles and using it for his uh, kale soup. I'm sure guys. he's got like the largest collection of uh, kitchen supplies yeah. anyone has ever seen. Yeah, I'm always missing something every time he leaves. Many, many years ago, my parents had... Um, uh, this couple over, and I think my dad worked with this woman, and she brought her boyfriend over or fiance, and the dude was so weird. Yeah. Like he was going around the house and opening up every closet to look inside and every cabinet. Like he, the guy was like, he, like had no boundaries, That's no. Weird. Fil- it was totally weird. Yeah, they never they never got the invite back. 
They, but they but they wanted a they wanted to plan a night of uh, going out drinking with my parents. Like yeah. let's go out some night, go drinking. Go drinking. Let's go drinking. Okay. You've just been through all my closets and, and drawers. I, I don't want to go out drinking with you. What, I don't, what, I don't, what, what am I, 21? I don't do that. I don't look in people's medicine cabinets no. or closets or anything like that. I don't I do not do that either. I mean, unless they're open. You know, if, well, if they're if open, it, it's fair game. But I don't want to like uh, do the Jerry Seinfeld guessing game on what this medication is for. No, I don't want to do yeah, oh, exactly. fungus. It turns out she had a cat that had a fungal, uh, fungal infection. A fungal, a fungicide. Yeah, no, yeah. nobody wants to know that stuff. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know about having these people. Over. Yeah, I know. But I mean, but, I'll, I'll go. I'll be. Uh, you know, I will mind my business. I will enjoy the show. Maybe I'll bring a platter of meat and cheeses, and that'll be my night. But I, but for the life of me, I can't. One, it would require me to clean the house. That alone would prevent me from wanting to and have you, strangers in the home. And when you're conditioned, you can't be doing any of that stuff. Not with this knee, I can't. Honey, I can't clean up the house, but I am going to somebody else's house and making a mess over there tonight. <laughs> I have I have no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, I, you know, you got to watch you don't spill anything on the couch, too. Oh, I know. I know. I got to I gotta be very careful. Like, that's the thing. Like, do, do these people... Are they well off or something that they have enough room, to, like a room off to the side of the house to keep these people in from not going through the rest of their home? I don't know anything <laughs> about these people. They could be weirdos for all I know, or the nicest people imaginable. I don't know. It's like being at Daryl Hall's house. You were talking about that. Yeah. You know, there's obviously people there that he's never had at his house, whether you got roadies or uh, grips or whatever, you know, any kind of... Help volunteers. I, I, again, I don't know what these people have got uh, going on, but uh, you know, it's a married couple that live in uh, in Westport, and I'm going to crash their their house. Well, it sounds like one hell of a good time. Well, I think it will be a good time, but I'll probably have something to say about it on Monday. And they'll be like, "Who's the square?" Yeah, no he, kidding. He's got a podcast out in Western Massachusetts. <laughs> Kind of felt bad for him, so he invited him here. <laughs> he kind of invited himself. Yeah, he did. He did invite himself. <laughs> it's 725 with Bax and Steve Nagel and Rock 102. East Long Meadow. 731 with Bax and O'Brien and Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, Yankee Home is offering a free down payment coupon Valued up to $1,400. Call today and mention Rock 102 for this special offer. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bex. You know, uh, you're going to your little party. I'm going to a VIP party on Thursday. Really? For in, what? In the Berkshires. It's a, it's a marijuana thing. No kidding. Yeah, it's uh, got a celebrity chef and everything. And uh, okay, is, Will he be cooking with the weed and everything? No, I won't be cooking with weed. You can't really do that right now. But everyone's going to be high off the bejesus, it's right? More, it's more about an informational session about this new product that they're releasing. Oh, this sounds kind of like uh, like selling of a timeshare type of thing. It's, it's all through that uh, that can of provisions place. In the, in the oh, area. yeah. Right. And uh, so we're going mean, to we're gonna go out there and enjoy some uh, delicious food. Maybe meet some big wigs if you know what I'm talking about. Who are the big wigs? I can't say because I don't know if they're going to be there or not. Is this the same uh, thing where they had like little Steven in the area? Well, yeah, but this is different. It's sort of like that. You're right. It's sort of like that, but this is a it's a different type of party. Well, that sounds like a so, lot of fun. Yeah. So. Did you- did you invite yourself the way I invited myself? No, actually, I was invited, and then I had to bring a friend along, so uh, Barry Krieger's going to go with me. 
Really? Yeah. Barry's a big reefer zombie? I had no idea. I think he is uh, He is a fan of pop culture, and I, he wants to know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? No, I get that. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, no kidding. And I'll you... have to let you know uh, how that all works out. Wouldn't yeah, I would think if I were like, uh, if if I were high on uh, on weed, and Barry showed up with that egg salad, <laughs> I'd be like, I, I'd be like deliriously happy, like yeah. deliriously satisfied. Yeah, because you get the munchies, and what better way is there to to pack down some uh, some uh, some quick calories than Barry's egg salad? That's right. Yeah, right? He shows up. He, oh, the celebrity chef. Oh, what do you got? Your little fig wrapped bacon thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, move aside. The what, real uh, the real food is here. What 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 is this? Uh, croquettes. Try this egg salad for a, for a try. Give that give this stuff a spin. Uh, the homicide unit is investigating after a woman was found shot inside of a car on East Alvord Street in Springfield Sunday. According to Ryan Walsh, around 3.30 a.m., officers were called to West Alvord Street for a shot spotter activation. An adult man who was shot was taken to Bay State with serious injuries. The, uh, an additional officers found uh, a car that crashed into a parked car on East Alvord Street, and inside was an adult woman in the driver's seat that died from her gunshot injuries. The mm. investigation is ongoing, and that's all the information that we have right now. Uh, new emergency orders for increasingly crowded hospitals in Massachusetts went into effect that could change your next health care appointment. The order requires any hospital or hospital system facing limited patient capacity to reduce or eliminate elective procedures. The goal of the order is to protect patients and health care workforce and to ensure capacity for immediate health care needs. The order was developed by the Baker administration to address what is best described as a critical shortage in hospital staffing. Currently, 88% of the state's non-intensive care beds are occupied and 81% of ICU beds are full. In Western Mass, 947 out of 1,100 non-ICU beds are filled. The state did not say which specific hospitals would have to stop elective procedures, just ones with limited patient capacity. So... Wow. You're looking to get that adedictomy surgery, Bex. You're going to have to wait. No, I've already got uh, already got one. Don't need two. A uh, similar measure was enacted by the Baker administration last year in the first week of December as the state prepared for a winter surge that remains the peak of the pandemic. Back then, the hospitals across the state were operating at around 68% of capacity. Right now, our seven-day average of hospitalized people for COVID-19 is 775 people one year ago. That number crossed 1,000, and the state was working to reopen temporary field hospitals to prepare for that surge. So there you go. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, they also, somebody sent me this story from 22 News that was, uh, it was about, uh, where is it now? Uh, they were given uh, COVID numbers in Oneida, New York. Okay. Why do we need those numbers? Uh, I don't know. At 22. I don't really have any idea why Oneida, New York, was uh, was part of the story. Well, it's a two-and-a-half-hour drive from here, at least. Yeah, it's not even it's, it's not even close to here. I don't know. Maybe... Uh... Are they using that as an example of, uh, you know, what's going on? Like, and you think it's bad here, you should check out Oneida, New York. No, I don't think they were doing that because they didn't say that in the story. It's just, you know what it is? It's so, hey, this is interesting. Let's copy and paste it and put it up on our website. Yeah, they're also owned by a larger company that mm -hmm. may be, uh, you know, 
cramming down this information. Yeah, they might have yeah, their well, sister station out in central New York. Yeah, whatever you do, no matter how you uh, address this story, make sure you mention our affiliate in Oneida. It's been nearly a week since a fire destroyed a popular shopping plaza in Longmeadow, and people are still grappling with the loss. 22 News spoke with a local woman who had seen what's left of the building for the first time yesterday. Although it's been six days uh, yesterday since the fire destroyed the business at Armada's Plaza, it will take much longer to rebuild what was lost. The Longmeadow Fire Department continues to sift through the rubble. Although no one was physically hurt last Tuesday, the emotional pain is still there. They spoke to one woman who, lives, who used to live in Longmeadow. She drove by the damage for the first time yesterday. We're devastated. I come through through a lot to Armada's to pick up stuff. We actually know some of the Armada family who live in the Suffield area, and every year we used to get our Christmas wreaths here. Now where are we going to get our Christmas wreaths? Where will we get our Christmas wreaths? There's a lot of other places to get Christmas wreaths. You know, during that story the other day about the shortage of Christmas trees. Yeah. What a scam that is, too. There's not a shortage of Christmas trees? I don't think so. There's How many a... trees are growing out in the forest right now? <laughs> it may not be an evergreen, but I, won't, I don't understand why anyone wouldn't want, like, a Dutch elm in the middle of their house. Listen, anytime somebody says there's a shortage of something, the prices go up of things in order to adjust to that panic. Right. You know, uh, toilet paper was a great example of that back in the when the pandemic began. Even though there really wasn't a shortage, there was a shortage because people were panicking, saying, I need to stock up as much of this stuff as I can buy. I was never down to just a few squares. I always uh, seemed to be fairly well stocked when it came to toilet paper. By the way, about uh, Armada's, uh, we got a message uh, this morning from uh, from a guy I know who's a part of the uh, the GoFundMe page for Armada's Plaza. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are looking to uh, they're, they've partnered up with uh, Center Square Grill to uh, raise a minimum of seventy five thousand dollars. They've already raised a little bit more than half already in just a few days, about forty three thousand dollars. And we'll uh, we'll try to f- either we'll talk to these guys uh, this week or try to find the uh, uh, the link to that GoFundMe page, but. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good cause. Yeah, 22 mentions the GoFundMe, but they don't have the actual link to the GoFundMe page. Why yeah. would you not do that? I don't know, but uh, we'll get to it. Uh, yesterday was the first day of shotgun deer season. Yee-haw! Hunters with permits can use shotguns to hunt deer until the end of the week. Hunting hours begin a half hour and half before hour before sunrise and end a half hour after sunset. You didn't uh, you didn't go out there and kill anything, did you? Nope, I didn't uh, kill a damn thing. Nah. I, do have, I do have a fox in my yard, though. Really? Yeah. Oh, those are those are very very difficult animals. I call him Shifty because he's shifty as f. Really? Yeah. I call mine Swiper. Yeah, no, Swiper. That's too stereotypical. Uh, So what are you doing with the fox? Nothing. He's just hanging out. Does the dog react to the fox in the backyard? So, uh, you know, from from what I've read, uh, the dog, uh, like, they don't really, unless the dog was smaller, you really don't, you're not going to have too much of a problem. Although the fox will become defensive of his space if the dog goes near him. The other day, it was uh, it was dark out, and and I had seen the fox earlier in the day. Sure, like the thing uh, crawling down the crawling down the back hill behind my house, and then uh, and then the dog. Maybe about an hour later, I kind of knew that the thing was probably still over there. Right, the dog perks up and starts running, 
And I'm like, Wally? And he turns around and comes right back. Because he knew he wasn't supposed to be doing that. <clears throat> well, he's kind of a, he's kind of a wimp. I talk. <laughs> he's not like, he's just, he's, he's timid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, uh, he got bit by my other dog when he was a puppy. I see. When I had the golden retriever, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the golden retriever had this big giant marrow bone that he was gnawing on. Right. Now, uh, along come uh, eight-week-old Wally, uh, who wants to, oh, I want a piece of that thing. And I didn't have enough time to grab Wally away from him. Right. To the point where uh, the golden retriever, you know, did that whole, uh, and then nipped him on the top of the head. No kidding. And he and then he was yar, 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 you know whelping and, right. and all this other stuff to the point where the uh, the golden retriever he knew he done did something that he shouldn't have done yeah and it but, was very apolog but if he, he could speak he was apologetic but he but he was defending his marrow bone yeah you can totally understand why he would do something I like get that. that but I I really think that was a pivotal moment in Wally's life realizing uh I shouldn't be I shouldn't be messing with these big dogs let me ask you a different question here yeah. Steve if I if I may Mr redirect you here a little bit should you be on the radio talking about what a wimp your dog is or should you be stating uh, for the record in public that your dog is a vicious flesh-tearing animal and the best guard dog in America listen um if you were to break into my house, yes, he would make you a pot of coffee and bring you some Stelladora breadsticks. See, I and, and you know what? I would appreciate that if the dog could do it. But I think you know, in terms well, come of on in. a larger, he's not home. <laughs> but I'm thinking in terms of a, a larger point of view. Do you want every uh, idiot out there to realize, hey, I could break into Steve Nagel's house, and the dog's just gonna sit there and be a good host? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, how can you stop anybody from breaking into your house anyway? Well, but you have a, a big dog. I mean, yeah. he's, he's not—he's not a tiny little thing. Either is my dog, and my dog will rip your flesh if you ever try uh, screwing around with my house. He'll rip a—he'll rip you the meat right off your legs. You know that dog that you post pictures of just sleeping there, lumping on the couch. That dog. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one's that one. gonna destroy yes. somebody coming oh, in your house. Oh, he's savage. Yeah. Savage. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about totally that. Totally un, un, untrainable. Uh, 22 News spoke with Walter Lamont, the owner of Culverine Firearms in Feeding Hills, about gun safety. He says, treat every gun as if it's loaded. Never point a gun at something you don't intend to destroy. You should treat every hunter like they're loaded. If you are cognizant of what you are doing at all times, then, you are, then you're going to avoid accidents, he said. Really? How would you, how would you not know that? Being uh, not not to you know, I mean he's he's saying the right things, but yeah, no, you're, but you're, you're a gun owner. Yeah, but every every year, that. every hunting season, there's one guy that for whatever reason isn't being careful and accidentally either shoots himself or someone else. Isn't being careful. Isn't be isn't following the rules of good proper hunting. Well, that's wrong. You need to. Well, you always point the gun up in the air. And you always shoot the bullet up in the air, right? Uh, if you want to get rid of them, right? And then uh, that way they'll land safely somewhere else, <laughs> won't they? 
I don't. They they have to land somewhere. I don't I don't know yeah. where that is. If though. your gun is jammed, you should definitely look down the barrel. No, actually, yeah. Steve, I think that's yeah. not what you should be doing. All right, fine. If somebody's pointing a gun at you, you stick your hand. You took your two fingers in the double barrel like Elmer Fudd did. So when or no, when Bugs Bunny did to Elmer Fudd. So then when Elmer pulls the trigger, the gun backfires into the hunter's no. face. Not into yours. Steve, that is clearly not what you do. What you do is you take both barrels, you pull them apart, and you tie them up in a oh, bow. That's, the that's what you do. And that's when the gun explodes back onto the hunter. Exactly. Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown announced Monday that an 11-year-old boy is now in custody for a Chicago carjacking earlier this month, calling it a sad state of affairs. Unfortunately, this 11-year-old has been arrested before, and he is considered a prolific carjacker in our city. At 11 years old. You got to respect a kid like that. The 11 year old is now charged with one felony count of aggravated vehicular hijacking with a firearm. The crime took place on November 14th in the parking lot of the Jewel Osco in the 4700 block of North Cumberland about 7 45 a.m. Police sources uh, told the local TV station that the victim was a Chicago police sergeant's wife who was robbed at gunpoint. The stolen vehicle, a 2021 BMW SUV, was located several hours later on the city's south side. The 11-year-old seems to be driving these carjackings, uh, Chicago Police Chief Detectives Brendan Dehan said. Uh, so he's just not there, I guess, along for the ride with the other individuals. Mayor Lori Lightfoot also reacted to the news of such a young child arresting connection with such a serious offense. I'm going to be meeting with the juvenile judges here relatively soon to address that issue. We have a crisis, and it's a crisis that they have to own some responsibility for. We cannot keep putting these kids back out on the streets with no support, no resources, no monitoring. Well, he's uh, quite the go-getter. I'll say. A BMW SUV? (laughs) Good for you, young man. Apparently you're doing all right with yourself. You You have to give credit where credit is due, you know? I agree. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be partly cloudy with a high of 40. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 44. It's 20 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. A 99 restaurants on Springfield. Rock 102's Pro Picks Pool continues at rock102.com. It's your call. Football weekly winners receive a $50 gift certificate to Geo's Pizzeria in Hamden. Pizza the way you like it. And the overall season winner gets a $500 cash card which is courtesy of Nor'easter Organic Life Hydroponics. Check your stats or go with your gut and play Rock 102's Pro Picks Pool from Nor'easter Organic Life Hydroponics and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, There is a uh, real-life optical illusion that has gone viral after being posted to Twitter by a woman seeking reassurance she isn't the only one with a dirty mind. All right. All right, yeah. The image shows a shaft of sunlight beaming through a naturally made stone tunnel onto a stream and some surrounding undergrowth. It's undoubtedly a picture stunning of stunning natural beauty. However, it's also an image that upon first glance, for some at least, appears to be depicting a shaft of an altogether different kind. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it looks like a giant uh, Thor hammer. If you know what I'm saying. The X-rated illusion was shared to Twitter by a user who called herself Marahead or Marehead mm-hmm. and post under the handle Midge1415. Tell me it's not m- just me who sees it, she wrote alongside the street. Please, I worry about me. At the time of the writing, the post has earned over 17,000 interactions on Twitter with fellow users flocking to reassure the original poster that she is not alone in seeing what she saw. I mean, it does. Uh, it does look like that. I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen it, uh, to be honest. So it's hard for me to know for sure. I wish I could uh, show it to you. Yeah, I wish you could too. 
Uh, just type in uh, in Google uh, X-rated X-rated optical illusion. I wonder if they'll even let me. You know, because uh, I'm typing up uh, X-rated stuff all the time. Yeah. Too bad we don't have the shaft theme on uh, available. What you talking so. about? All right. So yeah. Okay. Here it is. Uh, X-rated illusion. Okay. Here. Here we go. You're looking at it now. You're looking at it. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. Wow. You know what? It does yeah. look like a very offensive picture, but yet the beauty is breathtaking I like at the same time. These other people showing. Uh, there, this is my three-year-old granddaughter's drawing of mummy with a coffee. And then it just shows a, a picture of a what looks like maybe a woman and a big penis next to her. Right. What kind of coffee are you drinking at your house? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. But what? that's if that is a penis, that's a huge one. I uh, I enjoy the uh, the artistic penis. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. It's it's uh, again. If you, if you if you saw it fast, you thought, "Whoa, what the hell is that doing there?" But then you then you see uh, the beautiful foliage, the <laughs> the water landscape. But uh, like Pablo Picasso, do you think he ever did penis drawings when he was a kid? I'm sure he did. Like that's how he started out. Every kid does that. Pablo, what is this? It's my pork sword, Mom. Now, can you imagine if he, like, worked here, Pablo Picasso, like, worked here at Rock 102, and you and I were drawing penises on, a, on, a, on the back of each other's uh, uh, windshields, yeah. what that guy would have come up with? I don't know. It what, wasn't all cubism yeah. with that guy. It was uh, he, he knew what he was doing. Uh, this is Van Gogh's purple-nozzled yogurt <laughs> slinger. <laughs> yeah, wow, that is... That is impressive. This is the pink torpedo. Would you like to see? <laughs> no, I, I, I hate this. He did cut off his ear, though, right? That's uh, uh, he did okay. cut off his ear. That was All the right. only thing he cut off. Good, did, good uh, to know. Yeah. What about Van Gogh? He uh, did he did he have the meat whistle? <laughs> it's seven fifty-seven. What about Eric Carl? Now, that, now there's a guy. There's a guy who probably started out drawing penises for his. <laughs> I called Hang Dong Hang Dong. What do you see? <laughs> I see a one-eyed monster looking at me. Steve Weissman from Scamside.com coming up next to Rock 102. GG Inks Bind, according to Talent Nest. Post a job and hire ASAP. Visit indeed.com slash credit. <laughs> And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, last year when I was preparing my taxes, I took note of the specific discrepancies between my W-2s from the previous tax year and some of the richest contracts in baseball. And what I discovered is my decision to get into the dynamic world of broadcast communications was perhaps a huge financial mistake. Unfortunately, my baseball career was cut short by my lack of coordination and athleticism, yet the lopsided financial deficiencies remain. For example, yesterday the Texas Rangers signed former Dodgers shortstop Corey Seager to a 10-year contract worth of reported $325 million. This all comes on the same day that the Rangers announced they've also signed Toronto second baseman Marcus Senian uh, to a seven-year deal worth $175 million and Colorado starting pitcher John Gray to a four-year contract worth $56 million. 
that's $556 million spent in just one day. That's a lot of money for a team that hasn't had a winning season in six years. It's also a lot of money for a team that's held the fifth lowest payroll in all of baseball. Now, suddenly they're handing Corey Seager the largest contract in team history. One that will pay him $32.5 million per season. Is it the largest contract in baseball? No, but it's the largest contract ever written by some of the biggest cheapskates in baseball. So what does a 10-year $325 million contract look like? Well, according to my mathematical estimates, Corey Seager is looking at a weekly paycheck of $625,000 per week before taxes and other deductions. Based upon a 40-hour work week, that equals an hourly wage of $15,625 an hour, or just over $200,000 per game. Folks, I'm sitting around the house this week wondering whether I can afford to add an extra $8 a month subscription rate for another streaming service so I can watch a documentary about the Beatles. And this guy just signed a contract that's almost equal to Ringo Starr's entire net worth. If that doesn't seem a little out of whack to you, then I don't know what the hell would. But hey, and MMI Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Paint the kitchen sweet basil green. Paint the bedroom wish you were here blue. In the paint studio, Rocky's select paint colors just right for every room. Benjamin Moore, Clark and Kensington plus good people. And rock solid service in the paint department at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's 808 with Bax and O'Brien and Steve Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be partly cloudy today with a high of 40. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 45. It's 21 right now in downtown Springfield. It is, in fact, the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it, Bax? It really is, Steve. You know, attorney Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com has compiled a list of the 12 scams of Christmas. It is a glorious time of year. And he's on the phone with us right now. It's Steve Weissman. How you doing, Steve? Oh, just full of ho ho ho. <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> yeah a lot and of she's leaving soon. Yes, she is. There's a lot of peace on earth and goodwill towards men when it comes to yeah, <laughs> talking, that about, too. talking about scams. So you know, last week you sent uh this list of the of the twelve scams of Christmas, and it's interesting because today happens to be what is it, like a like like charity day or charity. you know the spirit of giving day or whatever the hell that is. You know, when people actually care about other people. Whatever the hell that is. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, we, we were talking about it earlier, and, you know, we have talked over the years about how many charity scams there are, and especially this time of the year. It's, it's, it really is pretty staggering. It is, and it's, it's really distressing that the, these scammers take advantage like that. And not only are they stealing uh, money for themselves, but they're taking money away from charities. Making it even more difficult is if you get a phone call, even if you're on the federal do-not-call list, there's an exception for charities. So legitimate charities can call you. But unfortunately, even if your caller ID says it's from the, you know, the Heart Association or, or some legitimate uh, charity, you can't be sure. There's, it's a very simple technique called spoofing to trick, manipulate your caller ID so it looks like it's coming from a legitimate source. So. The other thing is, particularly during this time of year, you'll, there'll be a lot of local police and firefighter charities. And, you know, how do you know what's legit? Well, fortunately, there is an easy way. 
there's a, a website called charitynavigator.org. And before you give to any charity, and certainly don't respond to a, a text or a phone call, if it's something you're interested in, take down the name, and then go to charitynavigator.org. It'll tell you two things. First of all, it'll tell you if that charity is legit or not. And sometimes the names can be similar. So like the American Cancer Society and the National Cancer Society, I don't even remember which one. One of them is a scam, but it's similar <laughs> names. But it will tell you first if it's a scam, and then it'll tell you how much of a so-called legitimate charity actually keeps the money for their own administrative costs. I uh, I keep getting a phone call from this uh from you know what is I think is clearly a scam from Marquette University wanting alumni donations every six months. That sounds pretty shifty to me. Uh, I, I wouldn't trust them. But you know that actually the funny thing was, uh, I you, for years I gave to uh, my alma mater. Then my identity was stolen because of them uh, not protecting my information. And uh, for a few years I was kind of grinchy about it before I decided well. Got to go back. Uh, you know, Steve, I've uh, mm -hmm. I've mentioned this before on the show because uh, it happened less than a month ago. But I was looking up. I wanted to see uh, compare cost of Mass Health and and things like that. So I Googled uh, Mass Health. I thought I was on the Mass Health Connector website, and I yeah. put all my information in. And less than a second after I pressed <laughs> submit, the phone is ringing. And it's a phone number from the next town over, which would be Chester from me. Uh, and, Maybe. And, and you pick up the phone, and, and, and they don't even say who they are or what company they're from. They just say, uh, I'm calling about your, your health insurance application. What would you like? Uh, would you like? And they just start <laughs> offering things, and I'm like, what are you doing? So, you know, now it's come to the point where I'm getting a dozen phone calls a day from different exchanges throughout my area. So uh, one day it's Belchertown, one day it's uh, it's Athol, one day it's uh, Amherst, and, and it's all these numbers that are in sequential order. Yeah, Pop-up insurance offices. Yeah. So it would be like 413-207, uh, and it would be 3333, three, three, and it would be 3334, 3335, you know, and, and going on and on and on. What the hell are these people doing? Well, first of all, it may not be coming from local, as you know. And, yeah. in fact, often they can, that same spoofing, they can make the number appear to be whatever number they want. And so uh, they often use, even if they're, they're calling from Nigeria, uh, they may use a local number because you're likely to pick it up. The problem is uh, what happened to you to start this off, and that is all of the search engines have a problem with this. One is you, you go up the top and you may see one that's an ad and so the scammers can just buy the ad and they're right. at top. But even if you don't do the ads, and I usually skip those, they, these scammers, they have a, they're, they're incredibly technically sophisticated, you know, many of them. And so they are able to know and manipulate the algorithms that Google and the other search engines will use to get up top. So merely because it's high in a search, doesn't mean it's legitimate. So you always have to be right. super careful with that. I know, and I felt like an idiot because I'm usually pretty good about no, no. picking up scams, and then I finally get scammed, and now I'm pissed. <laughs> now you feel <laughs> like a real idiot. Feeling. Uh, this is Steve Weisman from ScamAside.com on the phone with us. You know, one of the things I've been reading a lot about, 
and I even have heard from people that I know that are kind of in, have fallen into this trap, are all these delivery scams. You know, with with uh, with with Christmas on the way and the holidays, you know, here, you know, this this offers a lot of scammers an opportunity to take advantage of you waiting for for packages, and it, it it's a it's a pretty intricate uh, you know scam that's going on with uh, with all the delivery systems. Yeah, absolutely, Bax. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is one that uh, has been bad in the past, and it's going to be worse this year, particularly because of the uh, the backups that we have on on products and uh, delays there. And that's actually one of the the big scams is you'll get and you know they know everybody's ordering uh online from and getting from the postal service federal express ups amazon whatever so you get a call or an email that there's been a problem a delay with your order and in fact they want to uh, they want to send you a refund uh we just need your banking information so that we can uh, directly deposit it into your bank and of course you send them your banking information uh and boom you're a victim or they just act you ask you to click on a link to process your claim for a refund and boom you just downloaded a malware so the thing to do is whenever you get one of these contacts you you can't be sure and so the best thing to do is to contact the company itself directly at a, uh, a phone number or website that you know is accurate to find out what uh, legitimately is going on. You know, this is also the, the time of year where you're getting a lot of extra emails, not just about you know retailers, but you know also streaming services, uh, you know, or offering you know new deals, or it could, I mean, it could be anybody sending you an email, and you're just getting inundated with more and more because. You know, Black Friday was just a few days ago. But a lot of these, as legitimate as they may appear, are also scams, too. Yeah, and that's it. You know, whatever you're interested in, the scammers are interested in. And, you know, they they prompt us that there's some kind of an emergency or some kind of scarcity or something that makes us want to act fast. And you mentioned streaming services. And, you know, there are a zillion streaming services. People are looking for, for deals there. And that's been uh, one of the biggest scams, particularly since the, uh, the pandemic. And it comes either, like you said, we're offering you a, a great new deal, sign up, put in your credit card, or we need to reprocess your uh, information, uh, confirm it, uh, or else you're going to lose your uh, your use of Netflix or whatever. And Netflix, of course, has been uh, one of the biggest that's been can been copied. And uh, again, my, my motto is, trust me, you can't trust anyone. Certainly, you can look at the URL, the address of what uh, of the email address of the sender. And if it comes from, you know, fredfromnigeria.com, you know there's a problem. But other times they can make that email address look really good or the website look really good. And so you, you just can't give personal information in response to a text message, a phone call, an email, anything that you did not contact. Then you go right to the direct source. Yeah, we we have these uh, things here at the at the company that every once in a while they send out a, a thing to not let us give out any personal information or company yeah. uh, you know information instructional video kind of things, and one of the one of the examples they used uh, what you were just talking about was the email where it could say uh, let's just say we use Outlook for example and it says uh, uh, Steve Nagel at Outlook dot com but it was it was 
out.look.com yeah. <laughs> that they were using this example in and how that is another one of these masked uh, things to trick you into believing that uh, this person is asking you for money. Oh, yeah. And, you know, one of the things is the they can have that email look that close. And if, if you're just looking quickly at it, 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 it looks pretty much legit. Uh, and I, a simple one that often is used is uh, the, the digit one instead of an L. And if you're not really perusing that, um, you're going to miss it. So, yeah, th- that's an, an issue. And, you know, a lot of companies don't want people even giving their, their business email out to people or their personal email out because then that can be used by a scammer to impersonate you or to even see how generally the, uh, the emails within a particular uh, company are done and uh, they're, they're able to make spear phishing emails that look legit from the company or someone you deal with with the company. You know, we, we, we tend to underestimate the, the marketability of all of our actions. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I'll have a conversation, just a conversation with my wife, and the next thing I know I'm getting ads on, on, uh, on my phone <laughs> of exactly what we were talking about. And, 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 it, you know, and obviously there's a, there's a geo-tracking uh, component to smart speakers and our smartphones yep. and all of our devices. But, you know, I mean, what kind of protections do people have against this information, you know, being, you know, extracted by scammers? I mean, even, even if it's not being sold directly to scammers, some of these scammers, you know, can know how to worm their way into the system to take that information and use it for their own for their own purposes. I mean, it, it sounds like there's very little consumer protection for people when it comes to like the the, the geo tracking technology, yeah, there really is, and you know this is th- this is a real problem. And uh, like you say, that information, these these little bits of information, when gathered together, it is incredible what a picture they do make of us and make us more likely uh, to be able to be uh, specifically targeted for scams. And it's even like you know one reason I don't use Gmail. They say, well, we don't read your emails. Okay, you don't have a person actually reading it. You have a computer going through it for words, and then they're going to use that information to uh, to send you uh, advertising. Another part of the problem is they'll say, "Well, no, no, you have the right to opt out of all of this. All you have to do is read our, you know, ten thousand word, you know, right. <laughs> terms of usage. No one reads those. I don't even read those. And uh, you know, that's part of the problem." Congress, and Mark Twain said the opposite of progress is Congress. It's got a bunch of people in there that really, when you, when you see them inquiring of the tech guys in tech and questioning them, they're idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. And Congress and regulations are way far behind. We do need a lot more protection of our privacy. Europe is much better at this and the European Union than we are. But I agree with you. This is something we need protection, and those terms of, of usage, uh, those are useless. I would argue as a lawyer uh, that they are purposely done to uh, obfuscate and therefore shouldn't be uh, allowed to be enforceable. What uh, What is uh, uh, the uh, what, what are the consequences for me if I start messing with these people? Like when they you call know, and I say, hey, I, uh, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, 
the only problem, the only problem with that is what happens when you poke a skunk? And that's the thing. You don't know who you're dealing with. I know a lot of – I have, a, have a, uh, a friend who takes joy yeah. in getting telemarketing calls, and he plays with those guys. Um, probably less of a problem with uh, most telemarketers, but the problem is there are a lot of criminals – and if they think that you're messing with them, they, the baddest of these bad guys can do a lot to make your life pretty miserable. And so uh, I would say as satisfying as it may seem to give them a, a touch of uh, their own medicine, I think uh, discretion is the better part of valor and uh, leave them alone. I once went through this whole, uh, whole process with this guy asking for my credit card because he wanted to offer me some uh, lower rates on my credit card. So right. then he asked me yeah. for my credit card number, and I obviously gave him a fake one. And then he real they must be punching it into a computer <laughs> realizing that, that you know oh, yeah. this, this number isn't working at all. And uh, he said, uh, could you please give me the correct number? And then I gave him another number. And then uh, he goes, well, that's not working. You can take your credit card and shove it up your fat ass. And then he hung up the phone on me. I was, and, I, and all I could think of was like, you know what? Good for you, telemarketing scammer guy. You, re- you stepped up to the plate and you had a great joke at the there end. There you go. You have to respect that yeah. effort. You really do. <laughs> that, that's pretty. That is that is worthy of respect. Yeah, you can uh, check out uh, Steve Weissman's website, scamicide.com. It will scare the living bejesus out of you just around the holidays. Good timing for it, Steve. Always good to talk to you. Stay safe, guys. You Thanks, too. Steve. It's eight twenty-four with Pax and Steve Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. You were Pax and O'Brien on Rock One Hundred Two. Uh, be... oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. No, ahead. no, 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 no. You, you go ahead. I was just going to tell you the weather, and it's really no big deal. It's going to be partly cloudy with a high of forty. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of forty-five. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be talking to uh, to Bill Collins, one of the owners of uh, the Center Square Grill. Uh, he and a bunch of other uh, locals have put together a GoFundMe page for the Armadas Plaza in Longmeadow. We're going to be talking to him uh, tomorrow on the show, so that'll be uh, that'll be good. Um, uh, they're Bill, looking, they're looking to raise about seventy-five thousand dollars. They raised about forty-three thousand. Uh, so far, so we'll uh, we'll hopefully put that over the top uh, tomorrow. Uh, and I love Bill Collins. Uh, his uh, in the air tonight uh, when uh, Rebecca De Mornay and Tom Cruise are doing it on the train. No, and, no, and no, Steve. That. That's you're thinking of Phil Collins. No, no, no. You're thinking of the uh, you're thinking of the guy who was on uh, uh, the daytime talk show uh, every day around noon back in the eighties. No, 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 Steve. That's that's Phil Donahue. No, that's Gary Collins. Oh, Gary. No, 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 Steve. That's Gary Collins. You're thinking of. Uh, you're thinking of that uh, cocktail that uh, old men used to drink back in the 70s. No, no, no that's a Tom Collins. Uh, you're thinking of, uh, of uh, you're thinking of the guy from Men at Work. No, 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 Steve. That's uh, that's Colin Hay. Hey, hey. Now where you're going with it? You know, speaking of which, I'm. Uh, I went to. I, told, I was telling you yesterday. I went to the Big Mac. Do you know what the Big Mac is? Um, you described a little bit yesterday. It's a, it's a giant craft fair out in Munson. Sure. It's uh, apparently one of these uh, things that the Munson town folk do every year. The Big Mac. Yeah. Uh, and my girlfriend was from Munson, so we went to her hometown to, to go check out the Big Mac. Wow. And uh, Quite a Mac, homecoming. It was uh, quite impressive. I told you I bought a few things uh, while I was there. Uh, but uh, you buy any, like, uh, painted rocks or bird cages? Uh, no. Any decoupage or scrimshaw? No decoupage. I told you I what bought a... wire art? I bought a sled. 
Oh, that's sled. right. It was the sled. The yeah. uh, right, the flexible flyer. And uh, I'm, at, I'm at, What the hell were we talking about that we got into this? Uh, you were saying something. What did you just say? Because you, you threw me off when you started asking me questions. Oh, I'm sorry. I no, I, 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 my train of thought. We were talking about the GoFundMe page, and then we mentioned uh, Tom Collins. Tom Collins, and then uh, I went into that. Yep. Right. And now I can't remember what the point was. What I was. Gonna you're tell in you Munson, about. and you're at the Big Mac. And you bought a sled. I bought a sled. And your girlfriend is there. Yeah. And the kids were there. And she said. And she said, uh, you know what? I can't figure out what you were going to say. I can't. What? What is that? Well, that's like a. I just, I can't think. I, I, I literally cannot think of what I was going to say. I had a point, And then you interrupted me. It's all your fault. My, I, Steve, I'm an innocent bystander. I didn't do anything but try to, you know, pick your little, uh, your brain a little bit. You got to. Write some notes down. You gotta, you gotta focus. I was focusing, and then you interrupted me. Well, should I just uh, sit back and uh, and and let you loose, or what do you want to do? I think you should. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, well, maybe I'll think of it, and then I'll come. We'll come back. From oh, the interrupt news when you do it, because that that's coming up next. Well, the Rock One Hundred Two. I want to do. Yeah. Hey, we're back, and O'Brien to Rock One Hundred Two. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by R&M Gun Vault. They strive for the highest caliber of excellence. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. The homicide unit in Springfield is investigating after a woman was found uh, found shot inside of a car on East Alvord Street in Springfield Sunday. According to Ryan Walsh, around 3.30 a.m., officers were called to West Alvord Street for a shot spotter activation. An adult man who was shot was taken to Bay State with serious injuries. Additional officers found a car crashed into a parked car on East Alvord Street, and inside was an adult woman in the driver's seat that died from her gunshot injuries. No other information is available on this story. Hmm. How about that? That's uh, not saying very much. Well, there's probably a lot more to the story than what we know. And, of course, uh, we talked to Ryan Walsh last week. He don't know nothing. He doesn't know, Jack. He didn't know anything until he uh, gets told what to say. Hey, the ice cream social is this weekend. Yeah, what about that murder investigation? I don't know nothing. But I do know about the ice cream social. The ice cream social, if you bring your kids down, uh, there's free face painting by Chuckles the Clown, too. And you can meet a cop. What about that uh, What about that uh, murder investigation from uh, two weeks ago? Nothing. I know nothing about that. Keep my mouth shut. <laughs> a uh, Boston man insulted a fellow redline rider for wearing a face mask, telling him, you look like a duck, before threatening him with a knife. On Monday around 9 a.m., transit police officers responded to MBTA's downtown crossing station after a 28-year-old man reported he had been threatened by another rider on the red line. The victim told police that a man, later identified as 30-year-old Rafael Perez Medina, ooh, funky cold Cold Medina, Medina. of Boston, insulted his uh, COVID-19 face covering. Medina told the victim he looked like a duck with the mask on. After a brief argument between the pair, uh... Funky Cold Medina displayed a knife and told the victim, I'm in the army. I'll kill you. Have uh, have they shown the mask? Did he actually look like a duck? No, but you see people with those N95 masks wearing those things, and you kind of do look like a duck depending on which way you put it over your face. You know, I am a, you know, maybe I'm a live and let live type of person, but if I see somebody with a mask, I don't ask questions. I just go about my business and not be a Karen about things. You should be a Karen about that. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't feel as if I have 
anything yeah. to really say or Listen, to add to that conversation. If you're wearing a mask, I'm going to have to assume that regardless of the style of mask you're wearing, it's none of my damn business. Bax, the best way to spread peace is to involve yourself in arguments you have no business being involved in. No, that is not a way of spreading peace, Steve. That's a, a way of spreading a piece of your mind. That's, but it, that's exactly what it's supposed to do. You're yes. supposed to let people know that they're being annoying. You with the mask on, I don't like you. Yeah, Stop I'm, it. I'm the kind of guy that appreciates a certain level of low drama. You know, I don't want to be the guy to to purposely agitate. If I agitate, then you know, let it be because I accidentally got involved in something. Don't let it be because I I you know aggressively inserted myself. Say like if I invited myself to your home for a concert that you were throwing that I had really no business attending. You're all about this concert you were going to, aren't you? Well, it's you know, it's something I got to prepare for. How many other people? Uh, I believe there are 20 people that have responded yes, they're going. Out of like 26 the yeah. 30 different invitations. So it's like a giant dinner party. Kind of. Are they going to be serving food? Did they I know we at, we had said to you were going to bring something. They're bringing uh, they're just serving desserts. That's what it, the invitation says. That's what just it said. Just desserts. desserts. Hmm. So uh, my uh, my uh, platter of exotic meats and cheeses may stick out like a sore thumb. I think that charcuterie, charcuterie thing. Maybe. That's the one that you want to do. Charcuterie for a group of 20 people. I think that would be a perfect contribution. Well, it's, on 20, in, it's 20 invitations. It could be as many as 40 people. Ooh, that I don't know. 40. 40. A uh, YouTube video that appears to show a mass state trooper uh, sleeping in a cruiser has prompted an internal investigation, officials confirmed to Mass Live. The video, which is titled, My Friend Nick Catches Mass State Trooper Sleeping on the Job, was uploaded by YouTube user Sean Church on November 21st. The 23-second video shows a first-person perspective of a man walking up to a state police cruiser that is pulled over on the side of the road in what appears to be the I-290 area not far from I-495. Inside the cruiser, a trooper appears to be slouched over the, uh, to the right, sleeping on the center console. The man recording the video then bangs on the cruiser's window and startles the trooper who sits upright and uh, lowers the passenger window. And he says, bro, I see you sleeping here every morning, Kay. Going on Facebook Live. Every morning I drive by, you're effing sleeping. I can't even see you in the front seat. Well, it's not really your job to, uh, to check up on the state trooper. <sighs> Besides, he's very. Ex I'm sure he's exhausted. Well, that's, you know, we talked about this earlier, and the amount of the amount of out. First of all, you got a lack of employees working uh, in all facets of any job right. right now. Right. And the law enforcement is no exception to that. So now, what you have is you have, uh, you know, I was just talking to a guy a couple of weeks ago. He said he, would, he just got off an eighty-hour week. <laughs> Eighty hours. Good God. I can't even stand uh, more than four and a half hours in this building every day. I you, can't imagine being here 80 hours. You I can't even imagine here being 40 hours. I know. It would take us four full weeks to work 80 hours. Think about that. We, you shouldn't really tell anybody that. I, well, I mean, we do most of our work when we're off the air. Well, yeah, of course. I'm constantly on the emails and the phone calls. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm working around the clock to make, uh, this, to make this show what it is. But you know what? I, I, I actually have a lot of sympathy for these uh, first responders who are working uh, overtime. You're not just police officers, EMTs, nurses, doctors, all these people. They're all short-staffed, and they, these people are, are stepping up to the plate and filling in. They don't need some douchebag coming by with a video camera waking you up. 
You know, uh, I, I, I'm kind of with you on that one. I mean, I think the guy with the camera is equally as much to blame for doing something stupid as the guy who's just trying to relax and it, kick you know, back and, you know, let the, let the that overtime flow. And here we go again with video taken completely out of context. Yes, of course, it does appear that the man is sleeping inside the vehicle. But, you know, if you're saying this happened every morning and you see the guy sleeping every morning, mm -hmm. then how come you didn't take video every morning leading up to the big surprise? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think some of these kids just do this crap for clout. I think they do it because they think that's the cool thing to do. Hey, it's, listen, my either. video went viral because I woke up a sleeping state trooper. Listen, there are people whose viral videos involve chewing on Tide Pods. You know, having a viral video isn't all that's cracked up to be. Listen, here's uh, here's the way I put it. I would rather have a trooper who has taken a nap well rested to jump up in the event of an emergency as opposed to having one that, uh, you know, has been up for 18 hours yeah. and uh, hasn't uh, had a wink of sleep. You don't, you don't want a state trooper yawning on the job. You want a state trooper who is well rested and ready to go at yeah. a moment's notice. That's what I said. Uh, you know, you can dress up, you can tr you do, you know, People do it with the HOV lane all the time. They put the dummies in the in the passenger seat. Can't you just put uh, Can't you just put something else in that passenger seat? Yeah, I think I think so. Like a Should I say it again? <laughs> sure, go ahead. Like a dildo. I mean, you guys look alike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, I didn't realize that was a dildo from afar. It looked like another trooper with you in the car. <laughs> but when you get up close, when to you it. get up close. There we go. <laughs> Listen to you. By the way, I won't be driving home I-91 this morning. <laughs> Just tell them you're in a different car, like you're in a red sedan today. Oh, yeah. I'm in, uh, what kind of car are you drive? <laughs> you're not getting away with that. What's, what is that, a Pinto? It is, is not the, a Pinto. Yes, it is. It is a Santa Maria. A Santa Maria. Uh, Cataluna Enriquez, the first openly transgender Miss USA contestant, was eliminated before the round of 16 at the pageant uh, Monday, prompting social media responses lamenting her finish. The pageant ultimately awarded its crown to L. Smith, a reporter at Louisville, Kentucky television station WHAS. This is quite the accomplishment, the station tweeted. Our L. Smith is your new Miss USA. Earlier in the day, Enriquez, 27, was celebrated as a champion in her home state of Nevada. Cataluna represents the best of our community and our state. When she takes the stage, she'll make history, according to uh, Governor Steve, whatever the hell his name, Sloziak. Okay. Uh, Senator Jackie uh, Rosen of Nevada agreed, uh, tweeting Cataluna is making history as the first openly gay transgender woman to compete in Miss USA, and I couldn't think of anyone better to represent the Silver State. In June, Enriquez outperformed 21 other contestants at the uh, South Point Hotel Casino in Las Vegas to take the Miss Nevada crown in her adopted hometown. That took her to Monday's event at the River Spirit Casino in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Smith, the night's winner, will head to the Miss Universe pageant next month uh, in Israel. Uh, this chick is hot. I got to tell you, she's, yeah. a, uh, she's a beautiful woman. She's absolutely beautiful. She does a, You know what? She's as pretty as anybody else there. Um... Yeah, I mean... If you didn't know, you wouldn't know. No, and you know what? She can do whatever she wants. Except compete in the uh, contest. This would be the one where you get, you know, it's like the bus. The bus with the blind, the people with the blindfold on. I don't know what you're talking about. You've seen the videos. I know you have. We've watched them in the studio. I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's the bus where the guy is, uh, you know... Uh, 
getting some uh, trouser kisses, if you will. Who are these people on the bus? And it starts out with a chick, and then they switch it to a dude, and then the guy takes the blindfold off, and he realizes, hey, hey. it's a dude. In this case, he still wouldn't know. She's, I mean. That's what I'm saying. She's, she's beautiful. What's the difference? No big deal. It's no, listen, listen, it means, it means so little these days. It does mean. Every, you know, we're all, we're all people. People are people. But I uh, wouldn't mind uh, spending some time with Cataluna. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Oh, look, your girlfriend is on the line. Hold oh, yeah, on a yeah, second. Yeah, Let's yeah. see how that's going. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right. If I were single, I would be, be interested in Miss Cataluna. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Security at Boston's Logan International Airport prevented a man from Maine bringing a loaded gun onto a plane on Friday after Thanksgiving. TSA officers in Boston detected the gun around 5.30 a.m. on Friday at the Terminal B security checkpoint. TSA immediately notified state police. Authorities discovered a loaded 9mm with a round in the chamber. Officers also discovered a magazine containing seven rounds in the man's backpack. The man had expired had an expired concealed firearms permit. The man, who TSA did not publicly identify, was issued a summons by state police for an illegal possession of a firearm. Mm. Even with a valid permit, guns are not to be permitted to carry through airport checkpoints. How have people gotten through this life not knowing that? I don't really know, but I also don't know. I wouldn't know the first thing of how to transport a gun on a plane. I believe when you take the firearms class, they tell you, uh, here's some places you can't bring a gun, and I believe a TSA checkpoint is one of them. I would think that would be obvious, but again, how many times in like the last year has it not been so obvious to those who have tried? You know, and they said, uh, you know, ignorance is no excuse. I didn't know the gun was in there. How was I supposed to know all these guns and ammunition were in my carry-on luggage? Well, that's what happened. Uh, that's what happened in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Where the guy realizes, oh, crap, I left my gun in there, goes to grab the gun, the gun goes off, and then he runs out of the airport. But they already knew who he was because he had already put his ID through the machine. Yeah. You know, I uh, whenever I travel, I always try to empty my uh, carry-on luggage to, uh, you know, so that the next time I travel, I'm, I'm, I've got a clean bag. I can put things in. I never just leave, like, illegal contraband in my luggage. I just, I always, I always take it out. Yeah, I would imagine you would have to. Especially, yeah, especially like a gun. If I had a gun, I'd probably want to know where the gun is. I wouldn't just leave it in a duffel bag or in a backpack and say, nah, I'll get, I'll get to that later. A uh, senior citizen pleaded guilty at the Sessions Court in Kalua Kubu Bahu. Do you know where that is? I have no idea. Off uh, the highway? Uh, yeah, I believe it's off. I believe uh, it's off uh, 495, just where that state trooper was caught uh, with the video sleeping <laughs> in the car. Uh, is this is in Malaysia? Okay. That, okay. All right. So Malaysia. Uh, anyway, he pleaded not guilty at the court uh, to cho- to a charge of having unnatural sex with a female goat at the back of his neighbor's house last July. Is there any way to have natural sex with that, a female goat? That was exactly what my question was. <laughs> I mean, really, you don't know whether it's natural or unnatural. You just you just have to say what's going on, and, and I can draw my own conclusions. 60-year-old Shari Hassan was charged with committing the act uh, uh, on at 1.30 p.m. on July 27th under Section 377 of the Penal Code. 
This carries a maximum jail term of 20 years and a fine of whipping. Ooh. Really? He gets whipped? Yeah. Well, that's how they do it in Malaysia, I guess. I guess so. Uh, Shari, uh, clad in a floral shirt, had initially nodded and pleaded guilty after the charge was read out before him in court. However, when he was shown the exhibits, namely a green T-shirt and brown long pants that were allegedly seized from him during his arrest, the accused denied that the clothes belonged to him. Uh, Nural Madru, uh, the judge, then asked the accused, do the shirt and trousers belong to you? And the accused, who was a widower, replied, no. Uh, the accused guilty plea cannot be accepted as he did not admit owning the exhibits. Mm. Well, that's not my uh, green goat-stained shirt. Wow, what a what a what a dramatic courtroom drama this turned out to be. You got uh, you got hoof marks on your thighs. <laughs> Ew. Get it? <laughs> yeah, Ew. Ew. Yeah. Ew. But that would be a sheep, not a goat. Well. uh... Yeah, when somebody says, uh, "Yeah, what were you doing today?" Oh, I was just checking out the kids over there. You know what yeah, I'm saying? No, listen, yeah, listen, that's, that's no that's one. Where that's, get, that's where you get uh, in trouble. That's not right. Uh, what is so uh, attractive about the female goat, though? You know, I've been to the Big E plenty of times, and yeah. I, I find myself never being aroused in the Mallory Building. Yeah, never once did I want to mount a goat. N- any animal, really. Well, I mean, I, I can appreciate the beauty of a cow or a pig or a sheep, but uh, I have limits. There's only so far I'm willing to go. No, chinchilla's looking pretty good right now. No, no, it is not. It is not. Yeah, I can crawl everywhere. And, Steven? Uh, do all different kinds of things. Steve? And, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> hey, your Pioneer Valley forecast, uh, which, by the way, is brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro a cold brew or or fogbuster coffee in general you got company come and serve fogbuster air roasted coffee every morning after dinner serve defogger yes there's a decaf fogbuster it's silky smooth air roasted coffee in the black and white bag look for it now at your local grocer it is uh gonna be uh, partly cloudy today with a high of 40 tomorrow more of the same with a high of 44 it's 26 right now in downtown springfield i'm steve nagel and that's the news on rock 102 oh yeah rock 102 springfield's classic rock it's 856 on rock 102 it's uh gonna be uh, partly cloudy today with a high of 40 tomorrow partly cloudy with a high of 44 it's 26 right now in downtown springfield not that you care but apparently uh, today is billy idol's birthday i believe yeah you know what you get him a gift and then he wants more 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 oh that's a ju- I, yeah. I see what you did you took lyrics from a song yeah. and turned it into a hilarious bit of comedy yeah good for you jack <laughs> I'm pretty nah. good at that. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. I'm pretty good at a lot of things, Bex. Yeah, you are. You're like, you're like so talented. I, I hardly know where to identify it. I don't know where to begin. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, to somebody from uh, the Center Square Grill. They've put together a GoFundMe page for the folks at the Armadas Plaza in Law Meadow. We're going to talk to them tomorrow around uh, 745. And then on Thursday, Scott Zolak will be on the phone. us talking about uh, your first place New England Patriots. You will be talking to Scott Zolak. Well, Steve, if you want to contribute, I'm sure Scott would love to hear your voice. Uh, Scott doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about me either. Yes, but it's, he does. He's uh, he's talking to you. He's uh, he's our guest on our show. He's only, he's only talked to me, what now? Is it uh, 12 times? 12 times? 10 times? Well, I the, don't know. The it's way weird. the way the, uh, the promos make it sound is like you guys are best buddies. Like he's coming down to the fort with you, hanging out, uh, having uh, good if, time friends with the, your good time drinks with your friends. Zolak came down to the fort and the student prince, I'd show him around. I'd show him a damn good time. I'd introduce him to my good time friends 
We'd probably, uh, you know, we'd probably split with them big giant pretzels, have a couple of shanks and some steins. Ooh, I love shanks. I love beer by the shank. I mean, I, I by, by, the, by the stein, and I love food by the shank. You know what I had down at the uh, the student prince that was out of this world? What you have? It was, uh, I want to say goulash. Oh was yeah, goulash? no. The was, goul- that the, was that the one that's got like it's like pot roasty kind of? Yeah, it's yeah. real good. It was so good. Yeah, no, that's awful good. The last time I was there, I had a pork shank. Fantastic. It was a fantastic pork shank. See, if you're in prison and you get a pork shank, that's a completely different Yeah, thing. you don't want the same yeah, kind of pork no. shank. But when you're in the student prince, yeah, you want you're like, pork. I'll have the pork shank and chauvinets for everybody around the table. Now you got me hungry for sh- uh, pork shanks. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm overdue to go down there and start to rekindling the old the old friendships. I'm a little overdue. Haven't been down there in a while. I need yeah, to get you, back. You, yeah, you used to talk about that place all the time. A good time, buddies. Of course, you know, with the pandemic, it, then nobody really went out. But then now things are back in uh, business. Back, oh, so I, I bet mean, you all your good time buddies are still down there. Oh, no, we're going out. We just, you know, we don't find ourselves downtown as often. You know, the, the damnedest thing about Hamden yeah. is it's not close to anything. Every, everything is kind of out of the way a little bit. Yeah. It's one of the... It's one of the bad things about living in Hamden. Not that there are any real bad things about living in Hamden, but uh, but but you, but you don't really have like when we lived in Springfield, we just we just you know yeah we just got in the car and you know we're within minutes we're within minutes we're right there at the student prints. See, that's where you get a por- a pork shank. Yeah, right. when you're in Springfield. <laughs> yeah, right between the ribs. Yeah, yeah. didn't you live near Robert Dyer Circle? Oh, we lived very close yeah, to that. In fact, th- that place is uh, full of pork shanks. That's well, that's one way of putting it. Yeah. It's uh, nine o'clock with Bax and Steve on Rock One Hundred Two.